The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out maddow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. Can being super bold actually help your dental practice? Can being super bold actually help your life? I'm going to say absolutely yes to both of those questions. And that is why for our 100th episode of the Dental Practice Fixers, we have a very special topic and a very special guest. And that means, believe it or not, we won't be doing any mystery shopper calls on today's podcast. But even if you listen to the dental practice fixers only for the mystery shopper calls, I'm going to absolutely implore you not to, not to quit listening right now because you will learn so much from our guest today that will definitely boost your dental practice, boost your life, maybe boost your self-esteem, maybe do a lot of things to help you accomplish things you never thought you could accomplish. And I'm absolutely not exaggerating. And that's because of our special guest today. But before I introduce our guest for this 100th episode of the Dental Practice Fixers, I just want to let you know that Stacks by Fat Merchant has been such an incredible partner for the Dental Practice Fixers podcast for so many reasons. But the main reason is that every dental office that switches to Stacks for their credit card processing saves money because they do not charge a percentage to process your credit cards. They just charge a flat monthly fee. So you will save money. If you've listened to the fixers before, you know about Stacks. So I'm not going to go on and on and on and on because I want to reserve most of our time today for our guest. But I'll just tell you, go to maddo.com slash save, M-A-D-O-W.com slash save, and you will see how you can pay a low flat monthly fee for your processing and stop paying that percentage to your bank or your processor or whoever else is ripping you off. Okay, that's exciting enough, but now let's really get down to it. And I want to welcome to the Matto Brothers Dental Practice Fixers podcast stage, somebody who I'm actually glad to call not just a colleague, not just somebody who I've learned from, but a friend as well. And he is Fred Joyle. He's an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. He's a business advisor. He's the co-founder of 1-800-DENTIST, the most successful and well-known dental referral service in the country. He's written two books previous to the book that has just come out. They've been on marketing. He's been a stand-up comic. He's done improv comedy. He's acted in some really bad movies. I think one actually had a minus 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. He's been in, I think, over 100 really super well-received TV commercials. And his latest book, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, was just released. I just finished it. It's an incredible book. And the second I finished the book, I knew we had to get Fred on the special 100th episode of the podcast. Um, he is an avid cyclist. He's a below-average tennis player. He's a horrible golfer. He was a question on Jeopardy. He beat Sir Richard Branson in chess. I mean, I don't know what, what more we could ask of one person. I'll just say he's also the person that introduced me to Shishido Peppers many years ago. So I don't think he can do much better than that. And I want to welcome to the Dental Practice Fixers stage, Fred Joyle. How are you doing today, Fred? 
Oh, doing fantastic, Rich. It's always fun to get together. So I'm looking forward to revealing some things to your audience. I'm looking forward to it as well. Now, I'm at my home studio in downtown Baltimore, Maryland. And Fred is in, I, I believe, his home studio as well, somewhere in Southern California. So the magic of the electricity and the internet and all those great things have really uh, allowed us to be together today. And since I haven't seen Fred in person, well, actually, I was going to say since before the pandemic, but we did run to, run into each other at the Florida Dental Conference not that long ago in a line at Starbucks. And that's when you were telling me that you had this great book coming out soon. And I was quite intrigued. Um, you were kind enough to send me an advance copy, and I really, really have enjoyed it. So, Fred, you ready to get down to it? Yes, sir. Let's all do right. it. Now, yeah, I, now, again, just about all of our listeners, maybe other than my mom, are uh, dentists and dental team members. And they, be, they may be wondering, well, I don't know what Super Bowl it is quite yet, but it does sound pretty darn good to be super bold. But, you know, dentists, we always want to know, does this apply to dentists? So maybe even before telling people how they could become super bold, does it apply to dental people? It really applies to everyone because you want to be able to act as confidently as possible in every situation, particularly in important situations. And it certainly applies to all sorts of situations in business. For example, it takes a certain amount of boldness to ask a patient to recommend you. It takes a certain amount of boldness to fire a team member that's been there way too long. Uh, it takes a certain amount of boldness to be clear with your team about their expect uh, your expectations of them. It takes a certain amount of boldness to take those high-end courses or to buy expensive technology and commit to making it work. But it, it goes on and on to be a successful case presenter. And, and you know, and I'll, I'll give you a really good example because when I speak, I, I have a group of dentists and I'll say, all right, everybody stand up. And then anybody who's done a case of a single case, $50,000 or more, stay standing, everybody else sit down. And half the room will sit, more than half the room will sit. Then I'll go 60,000, stay standing, 70, 80. It'll go often up to 100. One case that they've, they've made 90 to $100,000 from. That takes, and, and I say, your impossibles are just opinions. This dentist, she's unafraid to present a $100,000 case. And I say, what did the patient say? The patient said, Let's get started. You get more a harder time from a patient that you that spent three hundred dollars with you than spent ninety. That's that's and so that's a reason enough to be bold, so that so that you can do the and who's who's the best promoter of the practice? The person who did three hundred dollars worth of dentistry or the person who did ninety? The person who did ninety is going to justify spending ninety thousand dollars. You know what that means? They tell everybody they have the best dentist on the planet. So those are all really good reasons that you want to cultivate boldness as a team member and as a dentist. You know, it's really interesting, Fred, when you talked about presenting expensive treatment to a patient, when you talked about confronting that team member who's just been a thorn in the practice aside, um, you know, all these things I'm thinking, yeah, 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 of course that makes sense. That makes sense. Something I never thought of is when you said that it takes boldness to sign up for a high-end course. And I remember way back when, when I was a young dentist, 
one of the greats um, was giving a course, you know, Dawson or something at the Panky Institute. And I was thinking, you know, what I, I've been out of residency for three years. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I can't take this course. I'm not good enough to take this course. I'm going to look like an idiot if I take this course. And I didn't take it. And I still remember it. And, and, and thinking years you know, later, when I finally started learning those higher end skills, I wish I had taken that course three, four, five years ago. And then sometimes you're sitting in a course and you're afraid to raise your hand because you want there's something you want to know, something you didn't understand, but you're just afraid to do it because you weren't bold enough. So, geez, the more you talk, the more this applies to every facet of being a great dentist and a great, te great team member. Really good examples. Yeah, I, I, it's going to take some time to adjust yourself and, and figure out all those times you're telling yourself like you did. I'm not good enough for this course. I might fail at it. I, you know, like it's, I don't know if I can make the money back. On it. You, we are great at coming up with all the reasons not to do something. You know what bold people do? They don't listen to that voice. <laughs> they act. They go, I'm going to see what happens. And 99% of the time, they have some level of success or the failure it's just a step up. It's just in a movement of, with more information that tells them how they can be better next time. And they don't, they don't process failure and rejection like the rest of us. That, that's all a learning skill for them. It's all part of the fun. So true. Now, you know, I think boldness and then other things, maybe um, you might say confidence or talent. I think we tend to believe that these things are innate, that people are born with them. Like you look at somebody else, um, you know, I know, Fred, you and I both spend a lot of time on stages, whether it's 20 people in the audience or 3000 people in the audience, um, knowing that most people in that room will be afraid to be up on that stage is just not for them because everybody's different. And being on a stage is not for everyone. We happen to love it, but we also know it's not for everyone. Um, but I think many times we'll look at somebody and say, well, that person has this natural gift. They're bold they're confident, they're good looking, they're a great conversationalist, they're good at small talk, whatever that is, we, we tend to assume it's a natural gift. Um, can you really teach these kinds of skills? Yeah, because I started off as an incredibly shy person. I couldn't make a phone call, which is ridiculous since my whole career was based on a phone number, right? But <laughs> Uh, I was just so I was painfully shy uh, and I missed tons of opportunities. I missed relationships. Uh, I, I missed promotions. I, I, I missed uh, fun uh, all over the place because I was hesitant or I talked myself out of it or I just couldn't speak. And it made me angry. Because I would see bold people and I go like, why are they like this? How did they get this way? Why, why do they not stop themselves like I do? And, and I worked my way through it. And it, it took me decades to figure it out. But I eventually said, how did I do it? And I broke it down into simple steps that anybody can use so that they can build their boldness. And in the book, I've created five levels of exercises that you can do that will increase your confidence and boldness wider and wider and wider. I, I call it venturing into your discomfort zone because that's where all the great stuff happens is when you're, you're, you get out of your safe space. You know, who the heck wants to have the, on their tombstone, I played it safe my whole life right to the end. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, 
That's not me. I, I, but I also don't want to be the one to stop me. Bold people never stop themselves. It's a, it's an amazing thing. And I said, I've got to start doing that. And so I created a systematic way of doing it. Five-step process. But the interesting thing is, and the science behind this is fascinating, is when you start acting with more boldness, it creates new neural pathways that reinforce that behavior. And this is what's happened to bold people. They either never got pushed into shyness or underconfidence, or they were bold enough early enough with those with the neural pathways that got built. And, and eventually it becomes your reflex to act boldly. Uh, and the shy neural pathways will atrophy. They actually have tested this, that when you alter any behavior from one to another, the old behavior neural pathways atrophy. So yes, you can absolutely learn it from wherever you are. Now you may feel, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bold introvert in my mind. I, I'm, I, am, I still feel it. I just, it doesn't stop me. And you don't want to miss great opportunities. You know, we're, we're talking about playing it safe. Why would you, why else would you want to be bold? Because somewhere along the line, there's going to be a moment where you need to act. You may need to stand up for somebody. You may need to stand up to somebody. You may need to give a eulogy for somebody. We talk about how comfortable we are speaking. Well, so many people have not eulogized a friend or a parent because they, uh, I don't feel good speaking in front of people. You get one chance at something mm -hmm. like that. And you miss that and you will regret that the rest of your life. Yeah, they say that most people would rather be dead in the coffin than, than giving the eulogy because people are more afraid of public speaking than death, which is, it's just incredible. Uh, now, Fred, we, we didn't meet until you were already a, a well-known personality, you were already you know, been the co-founder of 100 Dennis, been to you know on stage, well-known TV commercials, all those things. I know you as a guy who walks into a room and energizes the room. I, I cannot believe that you are ever any other way. What What are some things that you think maybe in your childhood, youth, early years, whatever that you missed because you weren't bold? I'm really putting you on the spot, but can you recall <laughs> anything like that? Um, I certainly missed dancing with anyone at any dance in high school that never happened i never asked <laughs> anyone to dance uh so and and also i was too shy to learn how to dance uh, to ask somebody to teach me how to dance so i had a good reason not to want to dance technically um but you know then i decided to take it all the way to the other extreme i had an audience of five thousand people I decided at the end I was going to invite a bunch of people on stage and we were going to we were going to dance to to a song. I had a choreographer train me how to dance so that I was prepared so that I could I could not look ridiculous, even though some people they're going to think I'm looking ridiculous or they're going to think I'm an idiot or a show off. You know what? I don't care. Right. Because 90% of the people were entertained and on their feet and clapping. And everybody that came up on stage with me was really excited to be there and was happy to be in that picture. So the, the transformation for me happened very gradually. But I actually had a job. I was working in a machine shop. I had a ton of stupid jobs before I went into <laughs> advertising. I was as aimless as could be. So I was working in a machine shop. I would just make money any way I could. 
And the owner saw me as a promising young man. So he said, come into my office. He set me up at a desk and he said, here, start calling these clients and see if we can sell them some machinery parts. I couldn't dial the phone. Not once. Couldn't do it. Couldn't make a cold call. Back to the machine shop I went. So, and of course, then eventually starting 800 Dentists, that's all we did is we went door to door at the beginning, talking to dentists, trying to talk them into it. And then we did it on the phone. I had to be bold. I had to summon that ability to walk up and, and present something that I knew was good for somebody, but I had to be able to speak. I had to be able to dial the phone. Uh, so it, my life was stacked with those things. Um, you know, like I said, missed opportunities, missed promotions, you know, all over the place. Um, and my life's very different now. And, and I want everybody to enjoy this. I want everybody to live a life without regrets as much as possible. As much as possible. You know, you mentioned that you are a bold introvert, which I thought was really interesting. I feel like I'm a bold introvert too. Um, I know that whenever I take those, whatever, Myers-Briggs, whatever those kind of tests, I always come up as an introvert, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, and people that know me, especially just professionally, could never believe it. But I actually have had some social anxiety in my life where I'm afraid to go to a party or a gathering or talk to people. And I, I think I got over it pretty well. Now, you know, it took me 62 years to do it, but I think I got over it pretty well. Um, in the Super Bowl book, you give literally, you've got main frameworks, but literally hundreds of tidbits and examples of how to overcome boldness. But when you were talking about dancing up on that stage, knowing that maybe 10% of the people thought you were making an idiot of yourself. Is that part of being bold? Just thinking, look, I'm not going to make everybody happy. So screw it. I might as well do what I want to do. I mean, is that part of it? Yeah. I mean, one of the, there's five steps to, to my boldness system, the pride method, I call it. There's preparation. It's an, an anagram or acronym or something like acronym. that. Ah, thank you. Uh, pride, uh, 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 is is the word. So it's preparation, relaxing, insight, dosage, and everyday action. Insight, one of the insights is most people are not thinking about you that much. They're thinking about themselves, right? They may think about you for a few seconds. They may have a judgment based on the least amount of information they could possibly gather. And then they move on to themselves. And so you need to make a list. One of the exercises I have you do in the book is make a list of people whose opinions should matter to you and rank them one to 10. And you'll find that it's probably five or six people whose opinions matter more than an, uh, an eight. And the rest of them should be a one or a zero because you don't even know what kind of headspace they're in and they don't really know you. So why are we, we give so much weight to the opinion of complete strangers. Uh, and we, we worry about it. We get, we worry about being embarrassed or humiliated. I, you know, being embarrassed is a choice. It is, it is, you don't have to feel embarrassed when something happens. You know, you could, you could be eating spaghetti and, and spin it and get a nice, stream of red on your white shirt right and you could go oh no look at and you're i'm so clumsy it's so humiliating or you could say to the people at the table this is this is why my dry cleaner loves me 
you know, and, <laughs> and now great. everybody laughs and it's just, it's, you chose not to be embarrassed. Now the shy person goes, Oh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta go find another shirt. I'll be, I'll be back in an hour, you know? So I don't let embarrassment be my choice. I, I don't let other people's judgments guide my path. I, I go for what I want to accomplish, the impact that I want to have, and the impact on the people that are listening. You know, like I said, the, in that 90% of the audience, some of them came away with something. The people who didn't come away with something were the 10% because they were so busy having a judgment. It's just like when people go to a comedy club and they sit there and don't laugh, you know. It's like, who's having a better time, right? The guy laughing at every comic and every joke or this guy, you know, right. so true. So true. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I um, used to teach public speaking for dentists. Well, it really wouldn't be public speaking, but say dental speaking for dentists. And something that I thought was so fundamental for people to understand if they're being up on the stage, but it could apply to anything in life is that the people that are there to see you pretty much, there's always that 10%, as you said, but 90% of them want you to succeed. They're your ally. They're not against you. And I think understanding that helps you do these things so much. But let's just say, and again, um, your book, Super Bold, is several hundred pages. So I, I know that you can't really explain all these things in the, in the tiny little amount of time we have on our podcast today. But let's just say the president of the local dental society comes up to you and says, um, Fred, we heard that you've been having a lot of success with your implant cases. We'd like you to present to the next chapter meeting. And you're scared shitless because you just cannot do it what are some things you can do to get bolder so the the five steps again you're going to use the five steps to prepare yourself start with the p you're going to be prepared you're going to prepare everything that you want to say and here's what you and i know that a lot of people don't is we don't memorize our talks we know what we want to say but being prepared allows us to be spontaneous because we can always fall back on what, what we were going to say. And we can remember it because of the second step. We relaxed. We turned anxiety into energy. We got excited about speaking in front of people. And the, that second step, people say, well, I, I, how do you relax? You can't, I, I, I can't just say relax myself. It's like, well, actually, you can. Uh, it's fairly simple because when you're tense, you, you push your shoulders up, you, you, you're, you're tense all over. You even stop breathing, right, a lot of times, which is not helpful, right? O2 is going to be really important throughout the lecture. So you've got to relax your physiology. I, if I'm, before I'm going on stage, I'll shake myself all around, loosen myself up, and then I'll breathe just three or four really deep breaths, let them out really slow, and your body will respond physiologically to it. You can even make, a, a, it's called stimulating the vagus nerve, which runs down your, your uh, the whole center of your body. You can do a ha uh, sound, and you do a nice long sound, do that three times. You'll be twice as relaxed. You'll be way more relaxed in 30, 40 seconds. And the relaxing makes you more relaxed when you go like, oh, I can relax myself. So the anxiety dials itself down. Then, of course, you want insight. You want to know that, like you say, it, P 
people want you to succeed. They want the information. They came in like they went to the stand-up club to laugh, right? So you want the insight that people are there to listen to you. You want the insight that they're not thinking about you all the time. And you want the insight that in the end, nothing bad really happens except in your mind, if you've told yourself it was bad, like if we bumble something, like if I get out on stage and I say exactly the wrong word twice, I just like can't pronounce it. I'll ask the audience, could somebody say this word for me? And, and they'll jump right in and say it. Somebody in the front row, there's no one all right in the front row usually. They'll jump right in and say it for you. And I'll go, yes, that's the word, perspicacious. I just couldn't get it out. Uh, and what happens is you're totally humanized at that point. They go, oh, he's one of us. He's just a regular guy stumbling along. But I don't make the problem a problem for me. It's part of the show, right? There's, it only goes wrong if I decide it went wrong. And so that insight that you can roll with anything will prepare you to, to do that speech. And then, of course, control the dosage. That's the D in the pride method. Control the intensity of the experience. Don't make it, if, if, you've, if you've got to speak for the first time, don't make it a six-hour presentation that's done in front of a thousand people, right? That's too much pressure. That's too, you know, you and I would have trouble knocking out six hours. I mean, I've done it, but it's not easy. Um, but you got to control that dosage and you got to do a couple of, of small groups, you know, 10 people, 15 people and practice till you go, okay, this is just a conversation with people. That's the other insight. Public speaking is just a conversation. You're just talking more than everybody else. And which is kind of fun, right? Yeah, when you get to do that, uh, people don't interrupt you. You get to say whatever the heck finally, you want to say. Finally, right? finally, in an unbroken stream, I get to express myself without contradiction. And then the the fifth step of the Pride Method is everyday action. Do something every day to take you yourself out of your comfort zone. Whatever it is, talk to a stranger. Uh, smile at everyone you meet, regardless of whether they're going to smile back and then let it bounce off. If they don't smile back, just go, that's, that's their headspace. I'm not going to worry about that. You do that while you're, you're building your boldness muscle and the way the book is designed, the way the, the exercises are in five levels, it starts really simply doing very basic stuff that, that takes you into your discomfort zone and has some successes, but you're anticipating failing. You're actually aiming for failure in a lot of exercises. You want to turn to talk to somebody and offer them a compliment in a line at Starbucks and have them say nothing back to you and have it just bounce right off to you. Cause that's what you were expecting. I'm aiming for them to not even respond to me saying that is a, a fabulous yellow blazer you have on and have them say nothing back to me and go, that's I won. I succeeded. I got no response. Right. And that just that, that builds your muscle. Another uh, the other exercise, it's, you know, I have exercises that are about realizing that nothing bad happens. And I tell people, you see an employees only sign, go in that door. Nothing bad will happen. 
No one will arrest you. No one will beat you with a club. They may ask you to leave. A lot of times they won't. They'll assume you belong in there because you went past the sign that said employees only. <laughs> and, and, and you realize, and you get all this anxiety and you go like, what was that for? Why did I expend all of that anxious energy to walk through this door as if something horrible is going to happen on the other side? Nothing's going to happen. And when you start to learn this, you realize <laughs> what bold people know. Most of the time, they're going to get in where they want to go, do what they want to do, achieve what they want to achieve, because they stepped right out into it, and people let them. It's so true. I, you know, I used to do something similar with my kids in discussing how to attack certain situations. I called it the best case, worst case scenario generator. Like for anything you're afraid to do, what's the worst that could happen? What's the best that could happen? What's most likely to happen? And some of the exercises that you outline in your book, I, I think are similar to that. So I really like them. Just the smallest thing too, smiling at everybody you meet and making eye contact. Jeez, it's so important, but so difficult for some people. Um, but I think, you know, we use that example of being asked to speak at a local study club, but I think the, the pride method that you outlined certainly applies to all these things that we don't want to do, like confronting a team member who hasn't been doing their job well. Why are we so afraid to do that? Or, you know, team members calling a team meeting to discuss an issue in your office that's really important to you, but you're just afraid to do it. And that outline really, really applies. But we, we've mentioned the word confidence a few times. We mentioned the word boldness many, many, many times. Are they the same thing or are they different? Confidence is how you feel. You feel confident. You may feel confident in certain situations. Boldness is confidence in action. You're actually doing something. I know plenty of people who are confident. They don't, they don't try anything. They just they feel confident about themselves and occasionally they act. Real boldness is you can act and, and take that confident confidence and not stop yourself and go after something, try something, risk failure, risk rejection. Uh, and also know that you're going to get more and more opportunities to live your life this way because you're acting bolder. And super boldness is you can summon it when it matters most. Because a lot of people are confident and even bold in a whole bunch of situations. I get a good friend who's who's a, a, a an artist, a, a fine arts painter, and he is confident in every social situation except selling his paintings. Right? Oh. Then he just crumbles. Right? He can't. He can't. And I want to stand next to him and go. The painting's twenty thousand dollars, buddy. Do you want it? Because that guy wants it. Right? I, I want to stand next to him and and just bring the value up of what he does because it's fat. My house is full of his stuff. It's fantastic stuff. But you super bold is when it matters most, that's when you pull it. That's when you can summon it. That's when you don't stop yourself. You, you go right in and do what you want to do. Say what you want to say, meet who you want to meet. You know, one of the great things in life, if you're really successful, you want to be able to meet people really easily. Anyone, that you want to meet. You want to be able to meet them and have a normal human conversation. You know, it's it's funny, about four or five years ago, I was um, I was walking through an airport and the lead singer, the main guy from the band, The Flaming Lips, his name is just eluding me right now, Wayne, uh, someone's gonna write in and tell me what it is. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Anyway, he was sitting just against the wall in an airport. I recognized him immediately. 
And I just seen, he had a, an art installation in a museum right across the street from where I live. I mean, literally, I, I'm crossing the street 10 steps to be in this museum. I thought this was the greatest conversation starter ever. How could he not want to at least say hello to me and maybe even do a little picture? But I kind of convinced myself, oh, you know, he's a celebrity. I'm not going to bother him when he's in public. And I walked by and got on the plane and thought, idiot, idiot. Why, why did I go to this guy and have my 15 seconds of a cool conversation with him? I wasn't bold enough at the time. But, you know, you talk a, you talked a little bit about the neuroscience behind this, but it sounds like when you're talking about creating new neural pathways and erasing old ones, that it has a lot to do with habits, doing certain things or exercises every day. Is that a big part of becoming super bold? It's a huge part. Uh, everyday action is, is a, a way to transform yourself, whatever it is you're trying to change. If you're trying to be a musician, you're better off practicing five or 10 minutes a day than to do two, three hours on the weekend. Uh, you will develop the skill. There's two things. If you want to write a book, if you want to do anything, work on it for some part of every day. And what happens is the brain says, oh, this is who we are. If you're a, a dabbler and do it on the weekends or when you only feel like it, when you feel good, like if you want to, I only work out when I really feel like working out. Now you're going to be in shape. Right, <laughs> like that means never, a, actually yeah. never, right? <laughs> right. So when you do it every day, several things happen. The brain decides this is who you are and works on it the rest of the time. It's why people have ideas in the shower. Elon Musk has a whiteboard in his shower so that he can immediately write something down because he knows he's going to have ideas in the shower. So when you do that, you, you create uh, this continuum in your brain and your brain starts to define yourself as a bold person, a confident person who acts. It also eliminates the need to decide if you're going to do it or not because you're going to do it. It's, it's, that's what habits, you know, hopefully people don't have to tell themselves every day to brush their teeth. Like that shouldn't be a major decision. That should be a habit. And when you, when you do this, you eliminate that energy that's required to make that decision. And the other big thing that happens with everyday action is you move yourself down the field towards your dreams, towards your goals. You may be an inch, maybe a foot, but you're moving down closer to achieving that or adding to that or building that. And a year goes by and you've been doing it for a year and it's aggregating. Just like when you don't do it for a year, a year goes by like that and you've aggregated nothing and suddenly it's five years. So the power of everyday action is huge. And that's why you just want to, it's, you're like, I haven't acted bold today. I got to go. I got to find something to do. I got to do, you know, I got to find some way to do it. Uh, and then just do something bold every day. Take yourself out of your discomfort zone in some way. Because so many people, their whole life is about pursuing their comfort zone and staying and getting as comfortable as possible. That's that's not a goal. That's that's like sleep. That's like where you go to rest and recharge yourself so you can get back out in the comfort zone and really find out what is exciting in life and, and really accomplish stuff, really make a difference in the world. 
Yeah, I'm a big believer in everyday habits too. My, my daughter's written 32 books, I believe. She's a really successful writer. I've and, lost um, track too. I thought the last I know, count I heard was like 25. I can't it's, keep it's, up. It's unbelievable. So. But I, she was a guest panelist at a writer's conference and somebody asked her how she gets inspired to write. And she says something like, I get inspired to write at 9 a.m. every morning. It's like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she gets up and it. writes. That's right. She doesn't have That's, to think about it. She's going right. to write. Yeah, it's so true for everything. Um, well, Fred, I can't believe it, but we're almost out of time. Um, but I think you've given some great examples. We skimmed the surface to use a cliche. Um, I am so highly recommending to our listeners that you check out this book because again um so many things that we do not just in our it will absolutely help your personal life and that's probably even better than helping your dental life but since this is a dental podcast i yeah. do have to emphasize that these skills will absolutely help your dental practice and the way you relate to your patients the way you relate to your team the way you as fred said the way you present treatment uh, it's, it's just so true to be bold about all these things and, and will really, really help you be successful in life, in business, in relationships, in tons of things. I know you thought I was never going to ask this, but how can people get Super Bowl? I, go on <laughs> Amazon, obviously, but are there yeah. any other secret methods to this? Well, the, the, the secret method is to spell it as one word um, when you search on Amazon. Um, you can search my name and it's going to, all my books are going to come up. Um, but uh, it's it's one word and people go, you wrote a book about the Super Bowl? Like, which, oh, man. which year? It's like, no, it's bold with a D at the end. I have to, have to hit the D really hard when I say it. So it's super bold and it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, it, but it's in the digital version, the Kindle version. It's the audible book as well uh, with me reading it. And it's a hardcover. If you want to know more about me, you can go to fredjoyle.com. There's also uh, a click button that'll take you right to the Amazon page. And you can also, let's say you're reading the Kindle version and you want a printed version of the exercises, you can go to fredjoyle.com. There'll be a PDF where you can download all the exercises. You have a physical version of it. And I encourage everybody to keep a journal while they're doing the book so that they because there's all sorts of things that they're supposed to be doing and then i want them to journal every time they've done something bold and what happened because that's going to tell them because we want to when we're bold we want to go i was bold and look what happened we want to burn in the result of that because it is going to be positive it is going no matter what or what did i learn from it i i tried to say something complimentary to this person and and they, they took it the wrong way it's like I, what am, what have i got to learn don't don't comment on how gray people's hair looks it's like uh you know i, I don't know why i say that i don't know what sparked that um <laughs> obviously but, <laughs> but uh but but you know and and you just go back you reflect and you go like because again, that's part of your preparation is like, you want to get better. But you know, when I first spoke on stage, I was not good. Um, I got better. I got, I, you know, I got better by watching videos of me being on stage and going like, what, what am I doing? Actually, when I did stand up, I recorded it. Every time I delivered a punch nine, I would grab my nose. <laughs> I, I, I watched the video and go like, what are you doing? Let go of your nose. Oh, that's but it was great. like, it's a total tick, right? Yeah. Uh, so you you, you want to get better. You're going to get better by doing it and and recording it and and paying attention to it and and learning from it. 
By the way, so great move has the little tick it. where every time you do a punchline, you cover your mouth. That's really highly effective. I just want to compliment <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, that's perfect. But, yeah. Now, yeah. I, again, I, I keep trying to wrap it up, but I always want to ask you one, one more question, one more, one more. But um, this one's just maybe kind of bring it all back to the beginning. Prior to this book, I felt like the, the book you were the best known for was Everything is Marketing, which is a really, really great book. Uh, this book's totally different. Why did you even, and it takes, it takes years from concept to publication to get a book done in many cases. Why did you even write this book? Uh, you know, I did a presentation to a bunch of high school kids and I had been working on these concepts. And uh, years and years ago, I had, I had been part of this mentoring group and I just threw out this thing that I said, boldness is a superpower. You need to learn this. And I didn't really have a way of teaching them. And then I started to develop these concepts and did a, a lecture to uh, a bunch of high school kids um, who were there, you know, in, a, in this long seminar to, to improve themselves. And they were so responsive to it. They, they were like, uh, it was, I'll give you an example, because one of the exercises that I have people do is to wear a Band-Aid prominently on your face all day. And never explain what it is, right? And embrace the discomfort of it, right? As a as just a as just an exercise, right? To go, well, I can I can imagine this is bad, and people are thinking about me all the time. And what did he do? Why does he have a terrible zit? Or did he cut his face? Or what's with her? You know that what did she do? She did a laser treatment, and now she's got a hole in her face. <laughs> what? Uh, never explain it. Wear it all day. So I come back from lunch after I do the lecture. Five kids have Band-Aids on their face. Oh, they have found Band-Aids and put them on. And I went like, this is, this is so, so gratifying, right? Because I, I was, and I was like, this is what I want people to know at 20. This is what I wish I knew at 20 or 30 or 40, some of this stuff or 50. So it just became, this is my cause right now. I, I want people to be as bold as possible. I want the world to be a better place. And if I can help people to, to achieve their dreams instead of letting them decay and disappear, that's the most gratifying thing for me. That's, that's my reason for being. Well, that is fantastic. Let's hope that you are helping to make this world a bolder place for everyone. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for being a guest on the 100th episode of the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. Fred Joe, please go to Amazon and look for Super Bold. It's just one word, no spaces. Or go to fredjoyal.com. That's F-R-E-D-J-O-Y-A-L.com. Fred, it is always great to chat with you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. I hope it's one of these days very soon. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Rich. Uh, be bold, everybody.